Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now enjoy this message. Well, glory to God. Glory to his holy name today. Man, that worship was amazing. Holy. That worship, I mean, you could literally feel the doorpost shaking. I mean, we are on a brink of one of the greatest movements in our history, in our lifetime. Amen? 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 I didn't get saved to sit on a pew. I didn't get saved to worship pretty. I didn't get saved to be quiet. Oh, God, he made me a loud mouth, but that's not my message. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. You're so good, and my brother and sister are here. God bless you guys. (laughs) I've always been the peculiar one in the family. (laughs) But thank you so much, Pastor Josh and Joni. We have served together for at least 10 years, and it has been truly an honor to walk together, to honor one another, and I I appreciate the reciprocal honor, because that is how kingdom works. Amen. And and we are forging a new uh, pathway in Alaska for the nation and the nation of the earth. And so Kingdom Alliance consists of both Robert, Mary Glazier, and myself, and all of you who come. Because a lot of my message is there are no spectators in the kingdom of God. There are participators. And one of our main um, uh things that we love to do is to honor other leaders. We love to honor our elders. We love to honor the leaders in our community. And we have been so blessed to be able to meet here. So we'll see you here on Friday at 7 p.m. We have Becca Greenwood coming. We have Isaac Petrie coming back along with Kingdom Alliance leaders. So I decided, thank you for that little plug-in. You started it, so I had to just finish. Thank you for that. But today, you know, that the worship was just absolutely amazing. And I see it getting more and more radical. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Because I grew up in a I grew up in a very staunch I, and I love, I, I, I love my background. I love it. I will never mock it. But it, you know, I was not made to sit quiet and keep my mouth shut and stand for hours without saying anything. So I thank God that when he saved me, he did an, an, uh, just an amazing, very quick work in me. So I thank God for that. And so we know, where, you know, where we're at. There is a great shaking, sifting, and threshing going on in the church, not just in church, this church, but in the universal church at large, the corporate church at large. And we know that there is a great shaking, sifting, and threshing, not only within the corporate church, but in the world. Amen? I mean, it doesn't take a, a prophet to... Uh, discern that. 
And so, <clears throat> we, we, and, but with that, we need a fresh anointing. We need fresh fire. We need fresh oil to be victorious. Amen? Because what we, you know, what we made it on last year is not going to be enough for this year. Amen? We need more. Somebody say, I need more. Amen. And so with that, it's going to cost us something. You know, gifts are given. Gifts are given. Salvation is free. Thank God for that. But the anointing is going to cost you something. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you fasting. It's going to cost you praying all night. It costed you your time. It costed you your comfort zone to go and, you know, take the time to be there. It's going to cost us our plans sometimes. It's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us our resources. When you're hungry for more, where did you go? You went all the way to North Carolina to receive an impartation. You go where God sends you, not where you want to go. And when you do go, there will be a true impartation that then you can release. So the anointing will cost us something. Even if it costs you your comfort, it's going to cost you your comfort. Hello. And so, you know, and so with that, I mean, it's going to cost us laying down our own agendas at times. It's going to cost us laying down our good ideas and pick up his ideas. It's going to cost us laying down sometimes our programs, our own plans. And really, essentially, it's going to cost us laying down our lives. Because just, again, as gifts are free, salvation is free, the anointing is going to cost us. And he... As we come into that anointing, he entrusts us. When we are faithful with the few, he makes us, he makes us more faithful with the more. Amen. That's his kingdom principle. And so as we lay down our lives, we are being pressed into the higher calling of God in Christ Jesus that creates that precious anointing that begins to increase more and more and more in our lives. So turn with me to Exodus 30, 22 and through 33. And you know, as I begin to, as I begin to study on this, the Lord began to speak to me about the five ingredients to, uh, to produce oil how oil is produced in the word. And so from Exodus 30, moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, also take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, according to the ointment compounded, according to the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. 
With it, you shall anoint the tabernacle of meeting and the ark of the testimony, the table and all its utensils, the lampstand and its utensils, and the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils. And we were singing, and we've been being taught about the altars, right? It's holy. And the laver and its base, and you shall consecrate them that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them must be holy. And you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me as priests. Now, these are five ingredients used to make anointing oil that will produce fresh oil, but you're gonna have to go through a process. So let's look at what each one represents. Let's look at myrrh. Myrrh represents a death process and a purification process that we must go through. Myrrh was used to wrap Jesus' body when he died. And it was also used for a purification process with Queen Esther. So... Anybody went through a dying process? Do you want fruit in your lives? The word of God from John says, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it does die, it will produce a great harvest. So keep dying. <laughs> keep dying, baby. It's, got, it's working. You'll produce a great harvest. I remember giving somebody that word. <laughs> Karen, that word, how many years ago? And, and the word came out so passionately. Sister, you got to die. <laughs> I thought, oh, my gosh. Sometimes I walk away going, man, God. <laughs> but now look at her. Look at how God is using her incredibly. It's, it's beautiful to watch a person grow and become who God has created them to be. The next one is cassia. Cassia represents the cleansing process. It's used to, in, in uh, medical terms, it's used to clean the gut, which means he goes to the root issues in our lives. So if you want freedom... Allow him to take you to the root issues. And the word says that he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I mean, isn't it beautiful to feel the freedom of the Lord? I don't want to be bound down. I don't want to be held back. I don't want to sit back and, you know, not, I would rather fall on my face and, you know, do a mistake and rather than hold back and, and hide my talents in the ground. So if, if anybody, you know, anyway, we won't go there. Cinnamon. <laughs> we all want cinnamon. Cinnamon represents healing. There's a healing process that we go through after we've been broken. Aren't you glad that we have a God that doesn't just allow us to stay in our broken state? He is so good. He's such a good, good father. 
you know, and, and, and so, you know, we go through our broken states and we become beautifully broken. And we feel our brokenness and in our humanity, you know, he comes and he, he says, it's okay, it's okay, I'm going to heal you. It's okay to know that you are human too. And so he comes with his healing. And I love it when, you know, there, there's a part in, in the word when Jesus said, somebody touched me. For I perceived power coming out of me. And it was the woman with the issue of blood. For 18 years, she had to press her way through the crowd to get her healing. She had to press her way through the people. She had to press her way through her comfort zones. It's going to cost us something to get to what we need sometimes. It's going to take movement. And then there's Cain. Cain represents identity, and I put slash character. There's an identity process that we go from being a servant to a friend and then to a son or a daughter. When we are served, and we should all start as servants, I mean, I had the privilege of being a janitor for many years in a church, and in those days, they didn't pay. I had the privilege of cleaning toilets and scrubbing the bathroom floors on my hands and my knees and waxing the floors on my hands and my knees. And we were being inspected while we, it was happening. So I had to have a lot of attitude checks. But you know what? God didn't want me to just stay being a servant. I learned to be a servant to Jesus. And then when his Holy Ghost came upon me, suddenly in middle of the night, and I woke up speaking in a language I knew not of, Holy Ghost became my best friend. And the Holy Ghost is holy. And he began to share his secrets with me as his friend. Holy. He is holy. And then I started learning about who I was. Not just as a servant, not just as a friend, but as a daughter of the Most High God. And it was during the most crushing times of my life, the most crushing times of our marriage and our ministry, when I thought I was about to lose my marriage, was about to lose our ministry, and I was on the floor, my bedroom floor, weeping and wailing and saying, God, I've messed up so bad. Who am I? I'm a nobody from nowhere. I guess I might as well just shrivel up and die. And then he came in and he said, who told you 
that that which I have created is wrong and evil and demonic. For I have created every tribe, tongue, and nation on the face of the earth to worship me in spirit and in truth in the way I created you. And that was how the worship dance was birthed. It wasn't my good idea. It was my heavenly father's idea. And then he began to speak to me in my Yupik language. Did you know that God speaks in Yupik? Yes, he does. He said, I'm like, because he wanted me to know. He wanted me to worship him in my worship regalia. So anyone who knocks worship in the way God created them to be, well, they're wrong. Because it was birthed when it's birthed from God. You know, there's... I love it when African-Americans or black people worship God. You know, I mean, they just get down. You know, and why, you know every tribe, tongue, and nation. That was white people. Like, why, why? That was white people. I do this, at, you know, and sp I do it for Robert. Spanish people, oh, my gosh. Woo! It's beautiful unto the Lord, people. I didn't know I was going there. You guys just pulled it out of me today. Josh pulled it out of me today. It's your fault. And so when it's unto the Lord, why you? Anyway, well, okay, let's go on to the next one. <laughs> so we're going from servant to friend to being a son or a daughter. And you know, the beautiful thing about being a son or a daughter, you have full access into the kingdom. You have full access into the kingdom. You have an inheritance from your father and your mother. You get it all. When you are of a mature age, I, God's, I'm not going to give my keys to my vehicle to my 12-year-old. But when he turns or she turns into a full age, here you go, baby. Just be safe. Anyway, so when you are a son or a daughter, you have all access in the kingdom of God and you get the inheritance. And so the last one is olive oil. Olive oil... Glory to God. You are crushed. You are pressed. You are trampled down. How is wine and oil made? How did they make wine and oil in the, in the Bible? With their feet. So when you feel that pressure, you feel that crushing, like my mentor Mary Glazier says, let the hand of the Lord keep pressing. So you learn to lean into the pressing and the crushing of the Lord, just like you did when you were on that, on your near-death experience. You could do nothing but lay there and worship. When the hand of the Lord comes and he starts pressing, most of us jump and boat. And we've all done it. But as you allow the hand of the Lord to come and press and press, 
You know, I told somebody recently, he just wants to hear your voice. I know you're in the, I know you're in a battle. I know you're in pain. I know you're hurting. I know you're broken in a million pieces, but tell God about it. He knows you're angry at him. I'm so angry at God. I said, I know, but he wants to hear your voice. Just let it come on out. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to beat you over the head. He loves it. He loves hearing our voice. He loves hearing our cries. So the olive oil represents crushing and pressure. And that's how the anointing oil is created. That's how the new wine is created in each of us. Has anybody been crushed, been in the press, especially the last two years? I call it, too, the long, dark night of the soul. When we were being pressed and crushed in the last two years, and, you know, we... You know, we, we were given mandates. You can't meet. You can't gather. You can't worship. You can't be in the house of the Lord. You can't this. You can't that. There's a little bit of a rebellious part of me inside of me. I'm like, don't tell me I can't. Unless it's God. So we go for a ride up on the hill. And, and then... I go into a vision as we were praying up on the hill, and I saw us doing parking lot worship. And that was before it was uh, popular on Facebook. So I didn't get it from Facebook. <laughs> and so I said, honey, I'm having a vision. We're going to do parking lot worship. Do we have those portable uh, music players? Oh, yeah, yeah. Dig it out of the closet. So we did. We started doing parking lot worship, not only out here and in different places. And then we were on a prayer call with the governor. Can I have your blessings to uh, do, you know, have parking lot? Oh, yes, yes. And then we, you know, we asked Pastor Josh if we can meet in here. And we met with our family. We said, you know what? We're still going to go for it. We're still going to have meetings. And one of my sons, who I won't say his name, maybe just his initials, <laughs> R.A., said, Mom, yellow won't look good on you. I said, well, you know what? I would be willing to pay the price and go to jail. If they, wanna, if they want to jail me for worshiping, Praise God, I'll, I'll be willing to do that. And they did. The police came when we were meeting out, out there. I said, Robert, go talk to him. <laughs> and so, so we started this gathering, and praise God, it, it was a blast. And so, but, but now let's look at the, the life and process of David who didn't start out as king. We all want the anointing, and that's great. We want, the, we want the gifts. Well, gifts are already given. We want the anointing. We want the fresh oil. We want the titles. We want the kingly anointing. But there is a process, again, we have to walk through. 
Otherwise, we will not be able to steward well when the anointing begins to flow in our lives personally and corporately. The Lord is forming a new wineskin. This is a prototype of a new wineskin. We, you know, and his new wine, his, his giftings, his anointings, his glory, his fire is beginning to fall, right? He wants us to be able to steward that well. But if we don't allow him to take us through the process, it's going to ruin us. And the new, the new wine will spill out. So he's forming the new wineskin in us right now. So we will be able to steward his glory and his anointing well. Steward, not control. And so when I begin to study about the life of David, what I saw is he went through five anointings. I know we've always been taught three, and the Lord... He just works with me, you know, because I'm, I'm pretty simple. He's from Nikiski. I'm from New Stew. He just works with me. I'm pretty simple. He, say, he says, are you reading the word? He said, read it again. Read it again. And I'm like, okay, okay. What are you trying to show me, God? Just, just be quiet and read the word. So, so David's first anointing was when he was chosen by the Lord as he taught the prophet Samuel not to be impressed by looks on the outward, but that God looks on the heart. You know, even the prophet Samuel was being taught in this situation. That's in 1 Samuel 16, 12, and 13. There it is. And I won't go and read every scripture, but I wanted you to see it in the word. So that was David's first anointing. And of course, where was David at this time? He was in the field. He was doing his thing. And of course, uh, Jesse, he brought all the seven boys right in front of Prophet Samuel, said, look at all these boys. They're tall, dark, and handsome. And Samuel thought, surely it's got to be one of these good-looking boys. And the, but he, Samuel fine-tuned his ear to the Lord so much that he said, not one of these, Samuel. I told you before you got here, I told you not to look at the, not to look at the looks, the outer, outward appearance, but to look on the heart. And so, of course, Samuel says, Jesse, you got, you got another one of, one of these boys standing around somewhere? He says, oh, yeah, he's probably dirty and everything and probably smelly, but he's out there in the field. Bring him. So he brings him, and immediately, immediately, he was anointed. That was his first anointing. The second anointing was when he was anointed king of Judah while Saul was trying to kill him. You think you'll need a... Fresh anointing when somebody's trying to kill you? <laughs> Believe me, I know. <laughs> you will need a fresh anointing when, when a spirit of Saul is after you. So that was when he got his second anointing, to be anointed king 
of Judah. And I'm telling you, even that speaks. He was, he was still praising his way through. Judah, we know, means praise. He was praising while Saul was after him with his javelin. He was trying to corner him and, I mean, trying all kinds of ways to kill David. Hoo-wee. <laughs> David's third anointing was when he was anointed king over Israel. And this is when he became bone to bone and married to the people and the land. That's in 2 Samuel 5, 1 through 3. And I love that. I, I, I love that because my Yupik name is Nunapik, and it means the real land. And I feel so connected to the land of Alaska. I feel so you know, when the invitation started coming for me to go minister, you know, in the lower 48 and in different, you know, the UK and different places, the Lord gave me a choice. He said, do you, do you want to leave your, your post and go? He said, you are married to the land. I have called you to this land. And I said, Lord, don't ever let me chase ministry. Don't ever let me get out of my post or leave my post. Doesn't mean that I can't go to those other places. It has to be by direct divine invitation. It has to be by the Lord. Because in ministry, we can get caught up in, in doing this, that, and everything else and totally leave our post. Anyway, that, that was extra. And so David's fourth anointing was when he anointed himself after fasting and praying and worshiping after he lost his baby. That was in 2 Samuel 12 and 20. And that was when the Lord told me, go back and read it again. Go back and read it again. There is an anointing that comes upon you when you lose a child. And I remember when we lost our son. And again, I was broken in a million pieces. And, and just force fasting. It wasn't by choice. I didn't want to eat. But the Lord says, I'm anointing you. There's a fresh anointing that's going to come upon you as you worship me during this time of your greatest loss of your son. And so David anointed himself when he lost his baby. David's fifth anointing was when his own son, Absalom, who was after his throne and everything else that David had, that was when the people and the leaders changed how they... they uh, referred to Saul. They didn't just call him King Saul anymore. They called him the Lord's anointed because they recognized that he was no longer just King David. They said he was the Lord's anointed. After all of those battles, can you imagine your own son wanting everything that you had that he was willing to kill you for it? That was when he gained another anointing. It was supernaturally from the Lord. 
And the people and the leaders begin to call him the Lord's anointed, not just king. And so this kind of anointing cannot just be given away. It cannot just be prayed on to someone. You can pray over somebody, but you can't give them the anointing that it costed you to get there. It cannot be misused. It can't be mishandled. But when we yield to the process, it produces fresh oil, fresh fire, and fresh glory. And that glory, you know, when you yield to the processes, there is fresh fire. You're not going to come out the same. When you yield to the processes, you're going to gain a fresh anointing. The anointing is the only thing that destroys the yokes and the bondages, not only in your life, but in those around you. And then that glory begins to come forth. That glory begins to come forth out of you in a new way. Because the word says we go from glory to glory to glory to glory. And I don't ever want to stop. Do you? Do we ever want to stop and just put up camp and say, well, this is it, folks. That's all there is. That's all God has for you. Just be, be satisfied with the, the, with the quail and the manna. We're out here in the wilderness, so, you know, go get yourself a bear. Go get yourself a spruce chicken and a beaver tail. That's all you're eating. That's all. <laughs> no. Although that sounds really good. I'm getting kind of hungry right now. <laughs> so we go from glory to glory to glory. And when you yield to the process, a more excellent version of you comes, comes out. Your, your greater identity, your greater anointing, your greater destiny comes out of you. I don't want to be the same Eleanor that I was last year. I don't want to be the same Eleanor that I, oh gosh, definitely a long time ago. You wouldn't want me either. I didn't like people. And so God is teaching us how to yield to his processes. So it's him that comes forth. It's the anointing of Jesus Christ that comes forth. It's his glory that comes forth. And it's not just for us. It's for the corporate and for what he is doing. And so be who you are designed to be. Allow the process to go through the process of where you're at. You may be in the cassia process. You may be in the cane process. You, whatever process you're in, just keep going through it. And so as you continue to go through and his anointing comes out of you in a new way and in a more powerful way, he alone gets all the glory. He works with our humanity. And it is holy from the Lord. And as we steward that well with what he's bestowed to us, then he gives us more. And how we start something is just as important to how we finish something. 
And just as our yes is important, our no is just as important. I mean, look at Matthew 25, 1 through 9, and I'm beginning to wind down here. And I do have a book I want to give to someone here today. One of the books that Robert and I wrote. Look at how the five wise virgins responded to the five foolish. And these are not believers and unbelievers. These are both believers in the body of Christ. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. So there, you have it. They're all believers. Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. So right now, I want to decree and declare that the slumbering and sleepiness is off from the church in the name of Jesus. And we are awake and alive in Jesus' name. And not only are we awake, but we are standing as ambassadors of the Most High God. Amen. Okay. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Nope, you go get it yourself. You go pay for it yourself. I died. (laughs) I wept. I wailed. I spent time with the Lord. I fasted. I prayed all night. I I have spent time with the Lord. And I have gone to where God said for me to go and done what he said for me to do. And you want me to just hand this over like I could just give you something that I it costed me something? No, I can't just hand it to you. Go buy some for yourself and spend time in the word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time fasting. Go where God says to go. Do what God says to do. Praise when he says praise. Worship when he says worship. Give that encouraging word when he says to give that encouraging word. This is no time to hold back. Like I said, I don't worship pretty. Hallelujah. In this season, our no is going to be just as important as our yes. We've got to know when to say no. Otherwise, the enemy can use traps and things that look good and sound religious to get you out of your assignment. In this time, It's all hands on deck. It is all hands on deck. Everyone praying, not just a select few. Everyone seeking the Lord. Everyone spending time with him. And this is not a condemning word. This is a provoking word. 
because we're all hungry for transformational revival. Amen. How many of us want change, not only in our hearts, but in our homes? How many of us want change in our villages? How many of us want change in our cities? How many of us want change in our state and in our nation? Well, it's going to take us time pressing in. It's going to take us time laying our lives down and saying yes to the Lord and saying no to what doesn't. He doesn't want us to. We wrote a book called Unlocking Your Supernatural, and I want to bless it to Henry. Henry, can you come up? Lord, I thank you, God, for Henry. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that he is a first fruits, God. He is a first fruits, God, of many young people, God, who are coming into your kingdom. The wild ones, Lord God. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that we will receive them, God, in the way you created them to be, Lord God. Father God, that we will not hold them down or shut them down or keep them back, Lord God. We will not be judgmental towards them, Father God, but we will receive them, God, as you continue to disciple them, God, by your Spirit. Lord, I thank you, Father God, for the for the word, oh God, that you are putting in his mouth like honey, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that he will be one, Lord God, even as a prophetic evangelist, Lord God. God, that he will, oh God, you are uncapping him, Lord God, and you are tapping into the evangelistic anointing, God, that is within him, Lord God. And I thank you, Father God, that even by this time next year, Father God, whoo, there's going to be a whole lot of changes going on, and there is joy in the home. There is joy in the camp. Father God, I thank you, Lord God, for the union, God, that he has with you. God, you have with him, God, and the union, God, that you are bringing into his life. I thank you, and I praise you, God, and we bless Henry today, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. And with that, I want to close with this. Speaking of fresh oil and anointing, I had an incredible encounter called Psalms 23, and it goes right along with this message, which ended up being confirmed by other prophets in the nation that that is what this year would be about. Some of you know I had three supernatural encounters this year consecutively. I mean, I had that one concerning Josh, but that's for another time. This has been a year of encounters, but it has to line up with the Word of God. They have to line up with the Word of God, and they're holy. They're not... They're not... (laughs) Jesus. The first encounter I had was with the Holy Ghost and fire, and the second one, again, was called Psalms 23. 
And in this encounter, after the one I had with the Holy Ghost and fire here in April, I was incapacitated. When you have a heavenly supernatural encounter, it, they're holy. And you're, 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 there is a reverential fear of the Lord. There is a holy respect for the Lord. Your spirit man is with the triune God. It has nothing to do. Your flesh is pretty incapacitated. <sighs> Holy Spirit, we apologize to you for how we have disrespected you in the things that are holy and things that are supernatural. And so when I had that first encounter with the Holy Ghost and fire, I was scheduled, we were scheduled to go to two places to minister with Paul Keith and Amy Davis. But I, like I said, I was incapacitated. I couldn't eat or drink, couldn't hardly talk. My flesh felt like I was being electrocuted, okay? It was, I was actually experiencing physical pain. And my second encounter was at home. And he took me into a meadow. And there I asked, I asked Jesus, I said, where am I? He said, you're in Psalms 23. You can't get start, you know, start getting heady when you're in this. You just go, okay. Like I said, I'm simple. He had his hand in mine, and we were walking through these rolling hills. I was seeing all the rolling hills and the valleys. The trees were like this. Everything was alive. The river was alive. The fish in the river were jumping. We would be really happy there, sis. Lots of fish. They were jumping with joy. Everything was worshiping. Everything was colorful. There was brilliant colors everywhere. And they were moving in a sound in synchronization, almost like um, <clears throat> one of the ladies had a word this past week on the war council, like a tuning fork. It just felt like that. I could smell the fragrance and the air was just beautiful. And I was laying, I was laying on the land, on the, on the ground, and the grass were just hugging me. And everything just, like I said, felt so alive. And I just started worshiping as I was laying down, saying, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. And then he poured his bucket of honey over me. And I knew then he was healing me of H. pylori. I knew then he was healing me of what the doctor thought I had, stomach cancer. I had gone through a, um, a series of very strong, strong antibiotics, and the first, the first um, one didn't do anything to my stomach. 
And then I started saying, God, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to probably die like my mom died of stomach cancer. And so, thank God my appointment wasn't until after the Paul Keith conference. And I, while I was in that encounter, I knew the Lord was healing me. And it was like he began to teach me about what Psalms 23 meant. He said it wasn't meant for, for funerals. It was meant for life. And so I look at Psalms 23 in a whole new way now. And a couple weeks later, I went back to my appointment and all the H. pylori was gone. There was no stomach cancer. And I gained an anointing. I knew at that time his healing wanted to flow through me. That his deliverance anointing wanted to flow through me. It's Jesus. It's not me. And so I want to call out to those who want healing today. We're not going to put any words of knowledge on anything because he wants to heal anything today. He wants to heal you today. He wants to deliver you today. He wants to set you free today. Most of all, he wants to encounter you afresh and anew today. And I have this anointing oil, this fire oil that was made up north by some intercessors who heard God and it costed them something to fly up north. And they made this oil when they were up there called fire oil. And so I want to put, slab some oil on whosoever will that want to come up and receive fresh oil today and fresh fire today for the future, for today and for the future. The Lord is going to heal you. He's going to heal you. He's going to deliver you. He's going to set us free. I'm telling you, he is prepared. He is shaking. He is shaking the doors with his glory. He is shaking the doors uh, with his glory. I'm telling you. He's shaking the we're going to need that. We're going to need that bigger building done. He's just preparing us right now. He's just preparing us right now, Josh. We're going to have that miracle center. We're going to have that miracle center. He's just preparing us right now. He's going to start emptying out the bars. He's going to start emptying out those vape lounges. He's going to start emptying out places where they're hiding. He's going to start emptying out even some of those houses downtown that need a place to go and worship and some sorry dead churches because they're going to want more and we will not be proud of God moving here we will not become proud but the Lord is forming his network right now he's forming his new wine skin so thank you Lord Thank you, Lord. We're just going to go and anoint you today.
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.